with uh, for Josh and for Josh and I just to put this out there. Josh is the softest player I've ever played with for three years. Welcome to Diamond Niners Weekly as we continue to defy COVID-19 one week at a time. This is Nick. I'm joined, as always, by Kevin. What's up, Niner Nation? We got producer Brad making it all work. Sorry about that remix at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) And back with us again is the All-American, number four, associate head coach of the Niners, Bo Robinson. What's up, Bo Rob? Hey, how you guys doing? Good to be back on. All right, boys. We got another another fun night uh, here planned. Um, how's everybody doing? Are we anybody going stir crazy yet? Kevin, you, you okay over there? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, <laughs> just uh, kids had spring break last week. They're back in school, so it's a little bit uh, a little bit more load on the plate trying to teach them and, and keep them in line, uh, but. It's all good. It's all good. We get to talk some baseball now. And uh, are you teaching engineering to your son in this in this break? I'm just trying to teach him whatever the teacher gives us. <laughs> no engineering yet, huh? All right, guys. Well, we're gonna we're gonna jump in here. We've got some more guests lined up for you. Uh, we're gonna hear from Bo Rob here in a minute, but want to uh, drop a few pieces of information here about the shows we've got lined up for you. Uh, just to give you a heads up. Um, next week on, uh, on April 30th, we're going to have, uh, coach Woody back with, uh, with director of player development, Tyler Simmons. Uh, we're going to talk about the player development pieces that they've, they've got in place and uh, how that looks might get into some other stuff as well as, as news breaks, but that's sort of the plan for next week is, is coach Woody and, and Tyler on May 7th. Now this is something new. We, we haven't talked about this yet, but, uh, on May 7th, we are going to host, a Niner baseball fantasy draft. We've got four general managers lined up and we're going to pick, have each of those general managers pick their all time Niner team. Okay. Sort of fantasy football style, except anybody that's ever worn a Niner baseball uniform is, is, uh, is eligible. And, uh, once they've got their team put together, we're going to put those out online uh, via Twitter poll and let, and see, uh, see whose team garners the most votes. Um, basically, what it boils down to is it's going to be a fight over who gets to draft Bo first. <laughs> uh, representing, representing our side of the, the, uh, the fence here, Kevin's going to be one of our GMs. Uh, we've got Mark Colon uh, picking a team as well. Uh, a lot of you know Mark, who's been around the university for ever in a variety of roles and it's one of the all-time great 49ers uh associate athletic director darren speece is going to be one of our gms and that final spot is filled by sid sean fox the voice of niner baseball so we're going to have those four gms on may 7th in here uh in in uh in draft fantasy draft format picking all-time great 49er teams so that's you know in these days you got to come up with content and I mean, come on, that's going to be, that's going to be awesome content. Yeah. Um, our final show, 
May 14th, uh, we'll have Coach Woody back, and uh, he'll be here with uh, assistant coach and recruiting coordinator Toby Bicknell, and we're going to make that a forward-looking show, uh, talking next year, maybe a little bit of schedule, talk recruiting class, talk all that good stuff. So that's what we got lined up for you between now and the end of the season, uh, or what would have been the end of the regular season. So, And after that, who knows, Kevin? We've been doing this for so long, we miss – we we got show ideas for days, Kevin. Yeah, we do, we do. We could we could do this every week if you wanted to, but <laughs> we could just keep going. All right, Bo. Um, it's been another week, and and I know everything changes kind of week by week, and it's just a constantly evolving situation. I know you guys have had um, uh, another uh, another Zoom call with the team. Uh, talked about a few things. Any any updates you want to bring to Niner Nation? No, I mean, it's, it's a, the, the Zoom meetings has been great for us, obviously with us not being able to communicate with the kids. That's the only, only way that we can really do it now, but we get a chance to see some faces and whatnot and, and see what all they've got going on. But it's, it's not a whole lot uh, that's new uh, this week. I mean, Coach Woody always gets on at the very beginning of it and makes sure everybody's staying on top of their, of their schoolwork, which academics is a big piece, obviously, as always. Um, they make sure they're staying on their workouts the best they can. We, then we kind of turn it over to the rest of the staff and Coach P. Uh, make sure guys are staying uh, as much involved with their weight training and conditioning as best as they possibly can. Again, I mean, all the, all the gyms and the, uh, the YMCAs and, and any place you can really go to lift at right now is pretty much shut down. So hoping a lot of our guys have keys to whether it be certain high schools or something off site or something that they've made at home. I mean, it's kind of a crazy time that we're in, but, um, but we're trying to make sure that these guys are still getting something in as best they possibly can. If that means them going to Dick's Sporting Goods and buying some weights uh, to have in their house, I mean, whatever they need to do to keep keep in shape. Uh, then we always turn it over to Bree with anybody that's um, uh, with the, any injury issues or something that's come up or, or guys are rehab. I mean, uh, we did talk uh, Brooks today. Today was, I guess, his one-year anniversary since his surgery. Um, so we're encouraged about him. Sounds like he's doing a lot better. He's starting to throw again and starting to throw a little bit with no pain, which is obviously you guys all know. I mean, as much as you guys watched how good of a, a pitcher he is and how much of an asset he could be to our team. Um, but he, he's he's a huge, huge piece of the puzzle for us with not only the leadership side of things. I mean, heck, while he was hurt, he was still a great leader and all that stuff like that and helping other young guys. Uh, but we're just happy for him, man. Anybody that gets, uh, has an injury and has to go through surgery, there's a lot of time that they're spending uh, rehabbing and trying to get back into shape. I mean, um, just trying to stay positive with him, and he's working through it. And if anybody's going to get through uh, something like that, it's going to be Matt Brooks because we just know what he's uh, made of and what he's what he uh, brings to the table and uh, just his work ethic is off the charts. We know he's going to stick to the plan, and he's going to do it the right way. So hopefully we're going to see some good things out of him coming up, and hopefully he's 100% healthy. Anytime you get a labrum surgery, it's always a little bit scary. You don't know where guys are going to be when they come back from it. But the big thing is he's got time to rehab. Um, so it's um, so it's good for good for him, and, and and we're just hoping the best for him and, and the rest of his future and his career. Um, and obviously it comes over to me and the rest of the staff. And, heck, I had a chance to talk to the guys about uh, some summer leagues. Obviously a lot of the position players are going to go off and play summer ball. I got a tweet. I found out on a tweet yesterday, and it's obviously social media is a great way to keep up with what's going on. Uh, but one of the summer leagues that a lot of our guys are going to is the Cal Ripken League. I think we got either four or five guys going to the Cal Ripken League. Uh, one of the places we send a lot of our guys, which you guys keep up with, it is Alexandria. 
And uh, this year we got uh, another another guy going to Silver Spring. Uh, it's a good league. It kind of gets guys out of Charlotte, lets them go experience the world a little bit out there, Washington, D.C. and surrounding areas. Um, so we just got uh, feedback that they're not going to start their season until July 1st, um, which pretty much takes the whole month of, of June out of the way. And, and, but uh, it is what it is. Guys are trying to do the best thing to keep the leagues going and keep the leagues afloat. Uh, obviously, our guys need it, but at the same time, we don't want to do anything that's going to harm our guys and, and get them sick or whatever it may be. So I know that everybody's watching that very closely. Still, a lot of leagues are still on as planned, uh, but heck, that could always change. So just passing information along like that and, and really just saying hello to the guys and trying to stay connected uh, the best we possibly can. We've got a lot of good kids, and they're doing well in school, and we're getting updates on all that stuff like that. And at, at the end of the day, they're here to get an education and get a degree and, and hopefully move on to – the bigger and better things after Charlotte, whether it's playing professional baseball like these guests that you're about to have on or, or going out in the real world and being successful and learning a lot of life lessons that they learned here at Charlotte. So uh, everything's looking good. We're, we're excited and uh, just trying to wait this thing out and uh, try to be ready to go when we get back to, to, to work. Bo, I think um, I'm, I probably speak for a lot of people that if – if I could sign something right now that said we would have to wait till July 1st, but there was going to be some baseball, I would, I would sign that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I, I want, I want all these guys to play. I just, I just feel like we're losing valuable uh, player development time, game time with us losing our season. But this is, this is a once maybe in a lifetime type of deal that we got to be smart with this too. And, and I think everybody has obviously got the student athletes, uh, health and well-being at the at the at the forefront, and that's the way it should be. I mean, these these guys got bright futures ahead, and need to make sure we're taking care of them. We just need to wait it out and be smart with this. Um, I think I said this last week, but I would I would take a competitive wiffle ball match at this point. No doubt about it. Whether it's in the front yard or whatever it may be, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> which which speaking of which, it looks like you've got a you got a player coming up, Bo. I, we saw that on Twitter. You you working with your son out in the driveway? Well, like like I said uh, a week or two ago, that I mean, heck, I spend a lot of my time working with other people's kids. Man, it's been kind of fun to be able to be home every day. Um, and if anything positive comes out of this, man, it, it's been a lot of time I've got a chance to spend with my family, my kids. And if anybody knows what a college coach kind of goes through during the course of a season and the all season, the summer. I mean, we're gone a lot, whether it's on the road recruiting um, or heck we're in the middle of our season. And even when we're in season, we're obviously traveling a lot to other places to play. I, I don't get a chance to work and, and be around my kids as much as I do. And I, I kind of turn them over to other guys and I just trust some other people to kind of help guide him in the right direction. Kind of like people did for me when I was growing up. So me being at home has been awesome. Get a chance to go out in the front yard and throw, these little sponge baseballs to him and let him have a good time. I mean, he's, he's nine years old and we kind of have a little, uh, a little home run area across the streets. So we kind of let him play a little bit of home run derby, let him have fun with the game. And, and something I learned a long time ago when I was uh, at on deck is, is when you have kids, the best, in my opinion, at least that the best thing to do is when they're coming up, man, let them play, let them have fun with the game. I don't want my kids to play the game because I played the game. I want them to want to play the game because they want to play the game. And uh, so I try to make it as fun as I can for them. Um, and then, heck, here and there, I'll throw a few tidbits and uh, fundamentals and whatnot. But you know how it is. You guys are dads, and 
sometimes when it's dad coming from dad, it's not as important as it is when it's coming from another coach. <laughs> so, so I know I've, I've had my kids over at on deck to work with some of those guys. I know those guys really well, known them for a long time and I trust them. And, and uh, sometimes I just want to be dad, man. It's, I don't want to be a coach all the time. And, and when I come home, I want to be a, a good husband and, and be a, a good father to my kids and try to let those guys have fun and, and as best they can. And then he gets a kick out of it. And I've told him, I put it on, uh, on Twitter. I didn't know it was going to happen like this, but, He's nine years old, and he's just kind of out there goofing around. He's still trying to figure out if he, if he wants to continue to keep working at the game and whatnot. And and I told him I put it on Twitter, and he got about 4,000 views or something like that. And he looked at me like, are you serious? <laughs> so, so now he's wanting to get out there and start trying to clean his swing up and, and see if we can get his lower half working better, see if we can get his bat path working better, his balance. And he knows if I put it on the – on Twitter again, and needs to make sure he's fundamentally sound. So uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. But I, I've got a, a neighbor across the street. is pretty funny, but he's Randy, and he's he's from up up in uh, New York, New Jersey area, and and, and a northern guy. And, and I keep hitting balls, or, or I guess my son Max keeps hitting balls over in his yard. Well, Randy loves my kids. He comes over here and plays basketball with them and talks junk to them. So he keeps on laying into them about staying off his grass, and they're just giving him a hard time. And uh, but it's been pretty funny. Cause that's kind of our little marker for our home run line. Um, so he, he, he enjoys it, man. He's having fun with it. And we'll hopefully one of these days that light bulb will go off for him that he really wants to start getting after it, start working at it and obviously uh, play the game. But if he doesn't want to do it, I'm not going to force it on him. I'm just, I've, I've learned being at that Academy for a long time. There was a lot of parents that were in there that, that wanted their kids to play more than the kids actually wanted to play. So I'm going to kind of let him do his thing and, and uh, if it's baseball, that's great. If it's not and it's something else, then I'm going to tell them the same message that we tell all of our guys all the time about, about work ethic and, and the time that you put in is only going to make you better into whatever it is that you decided you want to do. Um, and I think that's important from a parent standpoint. Well, Kevin, speaking of work ethic and guys that are pretty good at, at what they do, why don't you uh, why don't you introduce our guests? All right. Uh, looking forward to it. Um First up, we got two guests, two Pro Niners. This is our third installment of the Pro Niners, a Diamond Niner Weekly show. Um, from Faith, North Carolina, came to Charlotte from Carson High School. Um, is team MVP 2017, 2017 Conference USA first team, Conference USA all-tournament team, and all-state first team. Uh, drafted in, by the Blue Jays in seventh round of the 2017 draft. Uh, uh, welcome to the show, Colton Laws. Hey, guys. Yeah, glad to be here. How's everything going? It's good here in a small town of faith. Everything's going good. Trying to stay safe with this uh, catastrophe we have going on. But, uh, yeah, can't complain, man. Doing good. All right, good deal. All right. Uh, we got another another pitcher to, to finish off this pitching episode. We have um, from Morrisville, North Carolina, with the Panthers Creek High School. Um, team MVP 2018. For the Charlotte 49ers, uh, 2018 Rolling Sports All-Atlantic Region second team, 2018 Conference USA first team, Conference USA All-Tournament team, and in All-State uh, first team. Uh, drafted by the Yankees in the 10th round of 2018 draft. Welcome to the show, Josh Machieski. Hey, thank you, guys. Glad to be here. All right. Let's just, let's just do this. <laughs> I, I, don't know how, I don't know how I feel about first time on the show. Uh, we start off with the 
a highlight reel of me getting roasted on last week's show. Nah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk <laughs> baseball. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk Niners. We're gonna talk all kind of stuff. But where we gotta start is last week. Josh, Brett Netzer just out of nowhere. I did not see this coming. Just out of nowhere, Brett just rips into you, man. You heard it. Producer Brad, you played that for us at the beginning there. You're the he says you're the softest person he's ever played with. And then for for whatever random reason, he just decide he just decides to uh uh to just I mean he just went after you. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know, but I have to give him credit because I was not expecting that and it came out of nowhere. And it was an uppercut of the jaw. But you know what? The good thing is, I have a solid chin, and he really can't affect me. That's right. So, you got to be able to take it in the clubhouse, right? I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know Bo Rob is, is eating it up, but. No, constant ragging. It never stops on these guys. Just, it's, just it's no, me, me, Part Colt, of, and I, Colt and I have a few stories on uh, Brett Netzer. That's all you guys need to know. Okay. <laughs> Uh-oh. No, 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 no. That hold doesn't on, sound on like that's second. all we Don't need to know. Don't be me into this. <laughs> that doesn't sound like that's hold all we second. need to know. That sounds like just the beginning of what we need to know. <laughs> so, so you, I mean, I, I know you guys talked this week. So, I mean, is that, you know, that that's just it? I mean, he's, you're just, you're just cool with that? No, I mean, I'm definitely going to come out of here. I'll probably, uh, I'll probably say that for the end of the show. I'll say that for the end of the show. We'll go off with the bang. But, no, me and Brett and I are good friends. We've always uh, kind of had a little love-hate relationship. So, sometimes we uh, we argue like brothers, but we also uh, – there's a mutual respect there. But we've come to – we've almost fought a few times. That uh, <laughs> that paints a picture for you. <laughs> Glad to hear you taking the high road, Josh. I'll, I'll stand up for you. You've got – You've displayed plenty of toughness, and I, I saw, especially in that 2018 season. Uh, oh man! But you put us on your back quite a few times on Friday nights, and uh, um, so I can, I can, I can vouch for your toughness on the mound at least. Uh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I know. <laughs> so I'll give you a little bit. I'll give you a Brett story right now. I'll, oh, you're gonna give us a Brett story right now? Don't get me rolling. Don't get me rolling. Um, so, Roll away, man. What, what else does everybody have to do? <laughs> Colt, Colt, Colton, Colton and I's junior year and Brett's junior year, um, we were taking BP. I don't know if it was during a practice or before a game, but uh, Brandon Cassis, another pitcher, was he was doing the bucket because, like, pitchers obviously jacking <laughs> out to do the bucket. And Brett Netzer was uh, filming ground balls in second, and he kind of instigated, like, a little – back and forth between him and Cassis and he was being very immature and he threw a baseball like right by Cassis' head like to mess with him and it almost like literally hit him right in the head and knocked him out cold like if it would have been like four more inches to the right he was out cold and so Cassis and Netzer come up face to face and I mean Colton can vouch for this Cassis was towering over Netzer I mean Cassis was like 6'6 we all know. We all know how this would have went. They were they were screaming at yeah. each other for a little bit, and then <laughs> it looked like Netzer was the one that kind of backed down because I mean, what's he gonna do? Like, what's, I mean, he's not gonna beat Cassis in a fight. So, well, we had we had to stop Cassis. 
He's kind of that all talk, yeah. no action kind of guy, is what Brett Hunter is. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, we had <laughs> to stop Cassis from hitting a girl. We couldn't let him hit yeah. a girl like that. We didn't want to get in trouble. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't say, hey, at that point, his hair was hanging down below his shoulders, too. So. Yeah, always fixing his hair. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Right. I know, I know. This is gonna come back uh, to retaliation, but so that's, just little, Josh. Yes. that's just a little sneak peek in the netzer. There we go. All right, well, that, I think that was a good shot, Josh. Kevin, I don't know how we got here, but thank God we did. <laughs> yeah, shots were fired. Shots. This fired. is this is the content. This is the content that Niner Nation needs. Is it not? We, hey, <laughs> another thing. Another thing. Bo Rob can vouch for this one. Netzer's uh, like freshman. Actually, the whole time he was in Charlotte. If he, went, <laughs> if he went 0 for 3 in a game, we had to send somebody home with him after the game to make sure he was eating because he wouldn't eat for like three days. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. He, yeah. If he went 0 for 3, <laughs> you can ask his old roommates. If he went 0 for 3, he wasn't even eating dinner. You know, I feel like what what this would this is where I mean. By the way, this formula that we're using here, this is basically this basically describes how Paul Feinbaum has a show. Um, except right now, with uh, on, on his show on the SEC Network, what we would do is we would just drop Brett in here and then just let them go at it. You know, when they have those phoner <laughs> feuds, but we we don't have Brett queued up. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we could sit back and eat our popcorn and drink our Coca Cola and just listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If if you've never if you've never seen the Paul Feinbaum show, that's 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 it. That's what happens. It's phoner feuds and and they get into it and yeah, from Tuscaloosa and so on and so forth. So all right, all right, Kevin. I I, I guess we I guess we need to talk some some baseball. Why don't you <laughs> Why don't you get us started off? Well, uh, let's talk about our spring training a little bit, Doug. Uh, uh, Josh, you said you, you you're living down in Tampa right now, so um, you're still there, right? Yeah, so I lived here all season. I trained at the complex, and once when we found out about the season being suspended or canceled at this point, um, I just I talked to my family, and I just figured I'd stay down here because I don't really know who I came into contact with that could have had it, or you know, and like. My parents getting a little bit older. I obviously didn't want to go home and like somehow give that to them because, I mean, at this point, you don't really know how bad it is. So I just wanted to be safe, stay down here, and I can pretty much do everything I need to do down here. Still, so. we were talking before we came on. Uh, you kind of got set up with a, a indoor facility down there that you can get your work in. Yeah, one of my old uh, coaches from last year. He uh, set us up at the indoor facility about 20 minutes away that we go to twice a week to throw two bullpens. So just been thrown with one of my old teammates, Frank Herman, who went to Northern uh, UNF, Northern Florida. Um, he lives in the Tampa area. So just been throwing two bullpens a week for now. So staying in shape, but obviously not as much fun as the season. Right, right. And Colton, we kind of talked a little bit about uh, before we went on the air. Um, you uh, had shoulder surgery in November 2018. Um, kind of flared yes, up for you last year. So you were, um, this was a big spring training for you. You were looking forward to get back on the field uh, after having some shoulder problems. Uh, can you go through that for us, uh, your process from last year all the way up to spring training? And then yeah, you shut down? sure. 
Absolutely. Um, November 2018 is whenever I had the shoulder surgery. Um, majority labrum, a little bit of rotator cuff, rotator cuff uh, debriefment. Um, was expected to return sometime last year and just couldn't quite get it right. Was still battling it. Uh, made it up to a couple bullpens, but still just still bothered me from the surgery. Um, so took the off season, uh, stayed doing some therapy uh, back here in Charlotte, actually. And then uh, was the spring training. Uh, in the beginning of spring training, ended up getting a cortisone injection. Uh, just still a little bit of pain, not near as much as before the surgery or uh, shortly after the surgery. But, uh, yeah, I was feeling good for that, was ready to go. And, unfortunately, this uh, coronavirus came upon us. So uh, I was really looking to turn things around this year. Uh, it's tough, like Bo spoke earlier about Brooks. It's, uh, it's, it's tough, especially sitting out and watching everybody else compete. And it, it's hard to stay a leader. So I admire Brooks for doing that for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's been a tough road, man. It'd be hard to draw it up any bumpier, but I'm still thankful to hopefully be able to, you know, get back out there and compete sooner than later. Like you said, hopefully sometime July. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm hopefully I'm on the uphill side of it now. You said it's feeling pretty good. Your arms feeling pretty good going into spring training. It, it's feeling great. Uh, yeah. Course. Yeah, the quarters on shot uh, really just kind of helped me get over the bump. Uh, I'm throwing, throwing the ball pretty good now. Uh, no pain at all. So I'm uh, really looking forward to getting back out there and pitching and being able to compete. And like, like I said, after a year off like that, man, you, you the desire just to get back out there to compete. Because, like I said, it's tough, man, especially watching, uh, you know, everybody else do their job. It, it's tough being a professional baseball player and not be able to play baseball. If that makes sense. Yeah, so you were down in uh, in Florida at there at the Blue Jays facility all last year. Um, yes, sir. Yep. I was right there in Clearwater, actually not too far from Josh in Tampa, and uh, just working out at the complex and trying to get everything right back to fishing. It just didn't seem to work out. It was still bothering me uh, pretty hard. But like I said, hopefully we can put that in the past and try to turn things around this year. I was having a good spring training so far, so I was trying to keep it rolling. Um, but yeah, hopefully this, this, uh, virus will pass us and we'll be able to get back out and have some fun soon. Colton, before you went out last time, I, I think you were, um, well in Vancouver. Is that right? Am I getting that right? Uh, yeah, I was in Vancouver in 17, the season that I got drafted. Yeah. And you were, um, really before you got hurt there. I mean, you were, it seems like you were, you were putting some nice outings together, um, we were we were enjoying watching you, although in the with the time zone, um, you were always on late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was definitely a big change. Just talking to people back home too, because um, it, it would be early there and then super late here. So, uh, but yeah, Van Vancouver was awesome, man. Uh, we actually were fortunate enough to win the championship there. That was honestly that's been the highlight of my career right there. That, that was awesome to be a a part of that team and uh unfortunately that next spring training spring training of 18 is whenever this uh shoulder started to really bother me and uh i pitched pitched a little bit in lansing that year just it's kind of up and down with it one outing it would it would be bothering me the next one it would be you know it would be fine so so it wasn't in my the way i performed didn't always correlate with that so it just just wasn't right and ended up getting a prp with dr andrews and pensacola and that didn't seem to do it. So I ended up getting the surgery. 
And uh, hopefully, yeah, like I said, hopefully we're uh, on the uphill side of this thing now. The Lansing Lugnuts is one of those fun team names in minor league baseball. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That, that was a good place to play, too. Lansing was very cool. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to stay the whole season. I had to report back to uh, rehab group in Clearwater, Florida, when this started bothering me. So, yeah, hopefully we're hopefully we're on the uphill side and going to get back out and play soon. Well, at least there's better fishing down there at Clearwater, right, than there is in uh, Lansing, Michigan. You know, that's what they've been saying, man. But I, I've, I've fished about every chance I've gotten. Me and uh, Daryl Knowles, he's our fishing coach for the rehab group. Me and him fish quite a bit. And uh, I guess it depends on what time of the year it is because I, I think once it gets too hot, the fish start to move out to deeper water. You know, Florida right there where Josh is at in Tampa, that's some shallow water, man. I think the fish get too warm and they're starting to move out. <laughs> what, what are you fishing for when you're down there, Colton? Uh, a lot of red drum. Red drum, like I said, if you can catch them early, like March, February, March, and then after that you can catch some trout. And, uh, you know, every now and then hook up on a stingray or something that'll give you a battle to reel in. So, um, there's a lot of fun that comes along with this baseball journey, man. I will say that. Even though it's been a rough road, there's a lot of fun that comes along with it. Now, I'll, I'll sidetrack us for, for a minute here because you're such an outdoorsman. Um, I, I'm not, I don't do – I'm. I've been on some um, – my experience with hunting has been mostly as an observer, but, but I've been fishing since <laughs> I was a kid. I uh, love catching red drum. Like what, what, what's your, what's your record for a red drum? Oh boy. Um, I do not remember how big it was, but let's see in 2017, that fall, uh, before I got the surgery, we went to Ocracoke, North Carolina mm -hmm. and, uh, fished down there. And I do not remember how big that drum was, but it was a nice size one. Uh, I want to say around 30 pounds, give or take. If I, if that's, I'm, that's a bull red if right I'm right. Yeah, yeah, it was a big one. It was a big one. Have you ever fished Cape Lookout? I have. We actually used to go camp out there a lot back when we were younger. We used to go I camp out there every year. Fish there every fall. Love it. Really? That's a great place, man. It's very pretty. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, special. I mean, it's 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 one of the it, – it, it's – it's probably my favorite place on the planet, really, to be honest with you. It's, 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 it's so nice. peaceful. It's, it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's one of the places you can truly unplug, you know, and get away. It and is. Yeah. Fish, and the fish is good. And I believe, it, what is that, Beaufort that's right there close to that? It's a, yeah, it's Beaufort. a great little community, yeah. too. Yeah, Beaufort. Yeah. Great little community. Yeah. I've been there, too. That's uh, awesome. All right. All right, Kat. Sorry. I'll, I'll return. I'll return the show <laughs> back to baseball now. <laughs> Um, I, I had to, I wanted to, I wanted to talk fishing for a minute. Hey, hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for it too, man. Uh, kind of like we've done with all the rest of the guys uh, we've had on the pro guys. Uh, we've kind of talked to them about how they became 49ers. Josh, um, uh, you went to Panther Creek High School. Uh, your your high school coach was he? Uh, he was Brandon Hall's dad, correct? No, my uh, no, they weren't related actually, but. Um, uh -huh. I think Brandon Hall's dad coached at another high school in okay. the state. Against you. Yeah, against me or something. Yeah, but okay. yeah. No, but how, how I got to Charlotte was, I guess they, I went to the NC Powerade State Games at Charlotte that year. And I remember um, 
going and I didn't throw to like the, I, I didn't really play on like ever any big travel ball teams just cause like I was always playing basketball too. And I guess I never just put all my time into that one serious travel ball team. So I went to the state games, like all like the big guys. And I guess that played on the big, they like pitched before me. So I didn't pitch till like the third day. And like half the teams had already left to recruit. And I was, I remember I was just furious. And I pitched and I did really well. And then right after that, they took me around the campus and like showed me. And I mean, I just, I mean, it's beautiful. So how do you not love it? You know what I mean? <laughs> and at, I mean, at that point, you could just obviously tell the potential. I mean, if I could take a picture of what I saw then and then compare it to what it is now, I mean, it's crazy how amazing it had and how far the campus and sports facilities have come but i mean it's a decision that i'm glad i made i had a great time i definitely grew a lot when i was here i probably came in very immature um i'd like to say i've left more mature you were kind of one of those first couple of conference usa recruiting classes that we've talked about uh kind of jumped right in the mix um and kind of took our lumps the first few seasons and then we kind of um, built up into a uh, perennial top Conference USA team. Yeah, we – my – me and Colton's junior year was, I would say, you guys were talking about the challenge uh, earlier about best 49er team. I know we didn't uh, necessarily win any, like, banners or anything, but I'd put that team up against uh, anybody in a, in a three-game series because, I mean, we had some – Hitters on that team, man. Anyway, that's a pretty good pitching to go with it. All right. All right. That's one of the better teams I've seen. Like I said, I think the 98 team, uh, your team is 2017 team, the 2011 team. Um, and it was another one. Um, there's, those definitely top three or four teams that I've seen play in, in 49er uniform. So um, it'd be good to see, <laughs> see that competition. Between a lot those. of good guys on those squads. Yeah, 2007 and 2008. I mean, yep, those are that, that, really, that, really good teams, too. Yep. Um, I'll say one thing One thing about Josh. I mean, I, I know that uh, Brandon kind of did the majority of the recruiting on him when he was the pitching coach here. Is, is, uh, I don't think a lot of guys realized how <clears throat> athletic uh, Josh was when we were uh, out there recruiting him. Uh, I mean, obviously a good body. I mean, he's six foot three. He's a left-handed pitcher. I think at that point in time, you're probably 88 to 90, 91, 92 miles an hour, maybe topping out at 92 miles an hour. So I know Brandon and Coach Hibbs and those guys noticed a, a really good athlete, a guy with a good loose arm, a quick arm. He's left-handed. He's six foot three, and he could really run. I mean, he's a good athlete. It's a really good runner. Um, and obviously, when you get uh, those type of tools, you know that's going to be something special uh, if he just gets into a program and he learns – uh, I guess the, the the things that it takes to to be a really good pitcher, whether it's uh, getting getting your arm in shape, the, the the pitch ability side of things, learning the breaking ball, learning the mentality that you have to have to, to be on the mound. And he's he's one of those guys that came in as a freshman, uh, was a little bit raw, but he was a really good athlete, and much like a, a guy like uh, uh, Jarrett. I mean, he he was a guy that came in a little bit raw, but he wanted to get into a a program where he was going to play or develop and and uh, learn how to really take pride in his pitching and how he goes about doing things. And uh, he's another one. I mean, he was a freshman. We threw him in the fire. Not sure if he was quite ready at the time, but uh, the only way to get better and develop is to throw him in the game. And heck, he was a weekend starter from day one. Had a lot of good uh, outings that year, but he also had to 
had some things he had to continue to keep learning because we knew he had a good arm. Uh, the biggest thing was him is learning learning how to compete, learning how to locate that good fastball that he was already uh, blessed with, and just learning how to work that thing on both sides of the plate. And I think the big thing for him when he got to his senior year, and, and, and that was uh, two, 2018, is he he had it all. I mean, he had the mentality. He was our number one guy. He wanted the ball. Uh, we knew when he was going to be on the mound that we were going to win that ball game. Uh, he attacked his own with his fastball. That was his best pitch. He was pitching away, starting to locate better, started pounding hitters inside. But the big thing is he learned that slider, and that slider became a plus-plus pitch for him that I think all those things culminated into him turning into – obviously a high round draft pick, but it's a tribute to him again. I mean, he's another self-made player. I mean, he, he said that he came in a little bit, maybe immature. Well, heck, I mean, I, I know when I came into college, I was a little bit immature, but that's the great thing about college sports is we deal with 18 to 22 year olds. And I, I can't begin to tell you how important college was for me. And I know how important it was for Josh. When I came in at 18 years old and left at 22 years old, I was, I was a man. I felt like I grew up and, and learn how to do certain things to, to, to do the right thing and, and uh, to grow up and, and be mature and, and learn how to, uh, I guess, basically just be, be a good person and, and, and obviously learn how to compete, learn how to do things the right way on and off the field. Um, and he's another one of those guys that when he got to his junior and senior year, it's almost like all the pieces of the puzzle kind of came together for him. Uh, ended up being obviously, uh, I mean, he was an unstoppable force his senior year on those Friday games. Heck, I can look back that year. I mean, if we needed a win, we knew that he was going to get it for us. Uh, but that's a tribute to him. I mean, he grew up and he developed not only mentally, but he developed physically. And uh, all that talent that he had coming out of high school that was so-called raw was not raw anymore. And that's why he's gotten into the Yankee system. And, and I know those guys love him with the Yankees. And he's been flying through the minor league system. I mean, heck, we got a chance to see him and with the Charlotte Knights, get a chance to go. I mean, heck, we had our whole team pretty much out there to watch him pitch out there at the Charlotte Knights. I mean, he's a a year and a half, maybe, or really a year into professional baseball, already pitching in triple-A games. I mean, that just goes to show what the organization thought about him. And uh, we know he's only going to continue to keep getting better. The more times he gets on the mound and the more he throws, uh, his ability is going to take over. And, and obviously, hopefully, we can see him keep moving up the ladder uh, when the season gets back into play. But But he's another good story. Yeah, appreciate that, Bo Rob. <clears throat> yeah, I, just coming in my freshman year, it was yeah, being a weekend starter, it was not. I mean, I'm, it's kind of you, you don't really know what it's like until you get in there. Like if you're playing the, when you're playing high level college baseball with metal bats and you're not throwing strikes consistently, and I mean you're gonna yeah you're gonna learn some lessons. So it wasn't always a smooth sailing road, kind of like laws. I had a lot of bumps too. <laughs> So, I know he can say it definitely makes you better in the end, but kind of wish you didn't have to go through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It only makes you tougher, man. Uh, Colton, you uh, you started out out of high school. You went to East Carolina and then uh, ended up after uh, after a year, you ended up at Charlotte um, as a redshirt sure. freshman. Uh, sure. uh, talk about what attracted you to Charlotte and uh, why you became a 49er. Um, I had actually visited Charlotte a little bit at a high school, uh, maybe my sophomore year, uh, in high school. I actually don't remember exactly what year it was, but yeah, I, I went to ECU out of high school and, and unfortunately that was, uh, not the right decision for me. Um, so I actually was only there for one semester 
and I transferred to Charlotte after that semester and was actually talking to uh, Coach Hall a little bit. And to be honest, man, there really wasn't nothing guaranteed to uh, to play baseball at Charlotte at that time. I had just quit at ECU and uh, went to Charlotte, you know, just taking the classes. Um, I was talking to Coach Don Hutchins a little bit too with the South Charlotte Panthers, and he was able to hook me up with uh, – a uh, summer ball league over here in Concord. So at that time, it was really nothing was guaranteed, man. I was just going to, I was commuting to Charlotte to take classes and I was working out and throwing uh, basically with my brother. I had to have a lot of self-discipline then because it was easy to get off track not being associated with a team. Uh, but thank goodness, Coach Hall actually, I believe, uh, came and saw me pitch with that summer ball league. And uh, came and actually met with Hibbs, and I believe you too, Bo Rob, uh, that summer. And uh, they told me I could be part of the team that next year. So that was, yeah, my red shirt freshman year. And like Josh said, that was technically my first you know, college season. So uh, it, I, was, I wasn't a freshman in school, but it was basically like I was a freshman on the field because I wasn't a part of ECU's baseball team for very long. So I, I learned some lessons just like Josh did. Got hit around a little bit. Um, uh, went out that summer and worked my butt off just like Josh did and uh, 17 thankfully was able to turn things around a little bit and have a, a decent year uh, but yeah there, there was some definitely some times of uncertainty there uh, going to Charlotte and just taking classes and not really being associated with the team uh, Laws, well, I, I have a funny story for you Laws. <laughs> alright let's hear it <clears throat> so when you were when you had left ECU and you were at Charlotte that second semester, I guess you had already been in contact with Coach Hall a little bit. And he was like, one day he said to the pitchers, he's like, y'all better pick it up or something like some motivation. He's like, we got a 6'8 guy that's not even here. He's like, we got a 6'8 guy going to school here. Come and be on the team next year. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was. Next, next day I'm walking around campus looking for the 6'8 guy. I'm like, who's the 6'8 guy that could be on the team next year? <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, like I said, I was commuting, so I only had classes on Tuesday and Thursday. I ain't sure you found me. <laughs> yeah, nope, not on that year. <laughs> no, but Char Charlotte was a great – it's a great campus. And like Josh said, it continues to grow uh, more and more each year, and it, it's it's a beautiful place as well. And I'm very thankful that uh, I was uh, – I chose that direction after ECU. Like I said, ECU just uh, not hating on them at all. I think that's a great program, but I think Charlotte was just a better fit for me. And I'm I'm glad that it uh it ended up the way it did. Now, yeah. Kevin, we we did go. We that's when we went and watched Colton pitch, right? We we heard there was a six eight guy coming in too, and uh, uh, our friend Ryan Benson, I think he was assistant out with the Concord Weavers at that point. He he uh, friend did, of the show, Ryan Benson. <laughs> he said, uh, "Yeah, he, Concord the Weavers were our pretty much our home team right down the road from us, so we went down there and." took a look at you, see what what you had for us. So definitely excited going into that next season, see what uh, you bring to the Niners. And uh, end up uh, in your fr your freshman year, you were uh, – ended up being a weekend a Saturday starter for us uh, during that season. Um, yeah. Up and down a little bit. But then it's amazing the parallels, you guys, with, uh, with your 2017 season and Josh's 2018 season. You guys, I mean – we kind of took it for granted at the time, but we gave you guys the ball on Fridays, and that was a guaranteed a, a W. You, you were given, you were getting up maybe 
maybe two earned runs. If, if we, we, we score three runs, we win those nights. So um, it's, it's amazing the parallels you guys did. Even in the conference tournament when we got first round, you got both had dominant performances in that first game of the conference tournament. And uh, so, uh, yeah, it's amazing the parallels with those two seasons. And Colton, you, yeah. went, you went back to Greenville. You went back to Greenville and shoved. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to bring that up, but I'm glad you did. I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that was a, that was a great game. That was a it was it was definitely nice to uh, to go down there and uh, throw the rock a little bit. That, that was that was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was that was pretty cool. Hey, that was pretty cool to be a teammate too, man. We were all in the we were all in the dugout like this man's out here carving his former team up. <laughs> I mean, it was just yeah. unbelievable. I mean, they literally that day he was unhittable, man. I mean, they were just swinging through everything, and they were a really good team. I mean, that team. I mean, they'll battle you ten pitches in a B, one through nine. And mm. I mean, he was just blowing their doors away that day. And we were like, some coaches over there are probably a little salty. He left. <laughs> It was fun afterwards watching some of their fans on social media, uh, just the ones that didn't know Colton say, you know, where did Charlotte get a guy like that? No, my, you know, and, and then somebody else, a fan, another ECU fan would chime in and say, uh, he, he, he used to be here. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. That, that makes it better. That makes it a lot better. But yeah, I mean, back to, back to the original conversation about, you know, how, how we chose Charlotte uh, and how, you know, my 17 and Josh's 18 year, I think that, especially for me personally, it it took 100% commitment to buy in. And, you know, Charlotte's not one of these big-time ACC schools that, that, you know, you see on TV a lot like that stuff. But it's it's if you have the, you know, the desire and the commitment to buy in 100%, you're in the same shoes those guys are. So uh, I think personally that's what it took. For me, and I'm sure, Bo Rob, you can vouch for that. It just took me buying in 100% to, to, you know, do the work, put in yeah. the work with you and Dodie and Hibbs together. Yeah. Well, that, I, uh, with, with Colton, we call him the law dog for a reason. But uh, <laughs> but he, he's got an interesting story, guys. I mean, he went to East Carolina, obviously wanted to transfer out. Um, you were uh, – the spring semester, you were just going to school at Charlotte. And um, mm-hmm. I remember that uh, we were able to uh, obviously communicate with you a little bit, but but you literally didn't play baseball for about, what, five or six months or so. Then you went off to play summer ball uh, in a local league, the SCBL. And um, and we ended up going out there to see him pitching there. And, and I think at that point in time, I mean, you you obviously hadn't had a chance to really get your arm in shape and throw a whole lot of innings. So you were kind of fresh for that. But you were probably about 84 to 86, maybe 87 miles an hour. Um, obviously, uh, a ton of strikes. Yeah, I mean, he, he threw a ton of strikes, which obviously he already had a really good feel for pitching and where the ball was going to go. And you max, uh, or you, you factor in the fact that he's six, seven, six, eight, and he's already throwing strikes. If we can get him on the weight training program and get him on the, uh, the program that Doty and, and B Hall had him on uh, when B Hall was first here. And then Doty obviously took, took over after B Hall. Uh, we knew that he was only going to continue to get better. To the point where his his player development for himself, I mean, he ended up pitching what ninety to ninety two. Um, obviously, locating the fastball. You want to talk about a guy that freaking hit spots? I mean, there are certain games that come into mind, but he always threw a ton of strikes. I think the year that he got drafted uh, by Toronto, obviously super high. What was the seventh round? I believe. Uh, yes, I think so. that year. I, yeah, I think he threw a hundred innings, and I think he walked like it was like like twelve or something like it was something. It was just yeah, thirteen. Ridiculous. 
He has 13 walks in 100 innings, and that's just kind of unheard of. Um, and and but we knew that if he could continue to keep his arm healthy, and that was always a big thing with him, if he could buy into the program and the arm care and the, all that stuff like that, um, that if we could keep him healthy, that we knew we had something really good that was only going to continue to get better. And what a lot of people don't realize is he came on as a walk-on. I mean, he was on no scholarship money at the time. He came in as a walk-on, and to his credit. I mean, it, these are always good stories, and I love them to de- uh, I love love these guys to death. But uh, but anytime that somebody comes in to walk on, I um, mean, they're they're paying the full boat. They're paying uh, obviously everything the the tuition, the fees, the the housing, the the meals. I mean, he they, they're doing stuff like this. But he continued to show up every single day and work to where he turned himself from a walk on to a Friday night starter. And to me, those are always really cool stories to tell because it's a tribute to these guys. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we all coach uh, to to see the light bulbs go off for these guys, and they can have a, a ton of success. And, and uh, Law Dog was was one of those guys that put in the work. He stayed healthy that whole year. Um, and and some of the games that that really stick out in my mind was obviously the East Carolina games. I know how important that game was to him. Uh, when we went back to Greenville, North Carolina, to play against his old team, it almost like he wanted to prove himself to those guys and to his own new team, obviously us with Charlotte, uh, that game he was just unhittable. I mean, just locating one after another fastballs. Um, obviously, his breaking ball continued to get better. I know Doty did a good job with uh, getting you to have a, a harder slider and a sharper breaking ball, so that became a weapon for you. And then the other game that I remember that stuck out to me was the game at Rice. where well, we ran into, went right into Rice, into their house, and he just absolutely dominated that team. Uh, for, for, I think, about eight or nine innings. I can't remember if he threw a complete game in that one or not. Um, and then the last one um, is the one that we had in the conference tournament against UTSA, where you broke a Conference USA record for most strikeouts in a Conference USA uh, game. And uh, those things, I mean, they don't happen unless he puts in the work that he did in the weight room and, and his throwing programs and and – and all that stuff like that, and, and the buy-in that he had into the pitching coaches and the player development. And he pretty much went from a walk-on to a Friday night guy to somebody that everybody on the team looked up to as our go-to guy. And then uh, obviously, Machieski, the year after that, was the, the year that he turned into our Friday night guy. Anytime you can have a guy on Friday night that you freaking will, will just hook up with anybody in the country and you know that you got a chance to win that ball game is always a good feeling from a coaching <laughs> staff standpoint. Um, but uh, it almost seemed like every single weekend that we played, we were always 1-0 to start the series because of these two guys. Yeah, it's always good. You no, know, you only need to score two or three runs and you get a W. No doubt. So, yeah, you mentioned yeah, the wall. People will say – people will talk about baseball. If they're going to be critical of baseball, they'll talk about there not being enough uh, – not enough offense for them or not enough excitement. They're waiting for, you know, the, 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 the long ball or something like that. But – I'm going to tell you, I've watched both these guys. We all have. We've watched both these guys just dominate teams. And it's pretty freaking fun. <laughs> it's it's not offense, but watching these guys carve up a lineup, is, if you can't have fun watching that, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know how to help you. <laughs> you mentioned you guys are um, – I went and looked through the media guide, looking up some, through the record books. And both of these guys are, are sitting oh, – actually, all three of you guys, but uh, both of these pitchers are, are, are speckled all through the record books. Uh, you mentioned walks, uh, both fewest walks. Colton Laws is actually career uh, 49er career leader in fewest walks per nine innings, uh, 1.63. A 
Laws uh, is well deserved. Yeah, he's <laughs> fourth in the career I appreciate career it. ERA, um, and eighth in career batting average all time. Again, career batting average against. And Josh, with his uh, the last start in that Conference USA tournament, he was the um, all time starts leader in the career for 44 niner most starts um by pitcher um let's see he's uh sixth all-time in wins with 21 in the 49 record book um sixth all-time in k's 264 and uh fifth in innings pitch with 330.1 innings pitch so um yeah you look through the record books and both of you guys pop up all over there so um definitely a special careers here as 49ers uh Thinking back on those days, uh, we asked all our pro uh what their most uh, memorable moments as 49ers were. Uh, Colton, you want to start out? Sure, man. Um, I'm going to have to say that the conference tournament um, out in, in 17, and, and not necessarily just for the outing that I had, but the, the time that Southern Miss beat us twice that day, uh, that that was a heartbreaking moment for one, but the fact just just to be a part of that team and to feel everybody come together as one, I mean that and that those were two close games too. Personally, I think we should have won them, but just to feel that how much of a family it was, and that's one thing I miss about uh, college and especially Charlotte was just how much of a family. I, just talking to you guys makes me miss it, but how much of a family we were and we came together uh, to to root on one another. Uh, during that tournament, you know, Brooks actually a freshman. There you go, shoved that first game. The second game, I pitched pretty well, and then it was two Southern Miss games. So it, it was just, it was great to feel all of us come together as one right there. And and I actually remember, you know, during one of the games, I don't know which one it was, but looking back and and just thinking like how much we've grown as a team. I remember, uh, not to bring this up at all, but Charlotte had two rough seasons, I think, before me and. Uh, Josh got there, and that was actually because Brett was telling me about that to bring Brett back up into the conversation. Uh, but to see how much we we grew together and came together as one, I think that even though, like I said, we didn't win those two games against Southern Miss, I think that was you know the highlight of my entire career, Charlotte, just because I felt like we were such a family, man. We were we were all together for one, cheering for one another for that tournament. So yeah, that that would be my highlight for sure. <laughs> Uh, I would say, hmm, I don't know, man. I mean, there's so many <laughs> good times, funny times. I don't even, I would definitely, that conference tournament, other than the uh, last two games that we will never speak of because of um, me giving up a home run that kind of cost us a game. But, yeah, um, before that home run, though, that tournament, I mean, that I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. The conference tournament every year, the two years we went, was amazing. I mean, in Biloxi, Mississippi, you're by a bunch of casinos with your buddies that you've been playing with the whole year. I mean, and if you're winning, <laughs> you can literally just relax. But what – oh, Colton, you weren't there for this. My senior year was when the storm hit, right, Bo Rob? Was it a storm? Yeah, yeah. And we, we literally had to sit in the hotel for like a week. Of no playing. So we're just mm. literally stranded in the hotel with our team for a week. Just nothing to worry about other than just maybe a baseball game and having a great time. So I'd say, like, memories-wise, that was probably one of the top ones just because we literally hung out and just had a blast the whole time. 
Yeah, not to mention during the conference tournament, we were no longer taking classes. So I'm sure that helped yeah, out yeah, a little exactly. bit of the fun that we had. <laughs> yeah. Like being, Brett, a pro, hey, being a pro, hey, exactly. A Brett Netzer had a really good time at one of the conference tournaments. He's probably he's probably sweating right now. Um, Josh, I, I, I wasn't I, I wasn't going to bring it up, but since you did, uh, and and this is this is a compliment, so stick with me. Um, you know, you did have you did have a rough end of the that seventeen season, and then of course it ended with in, in Biloxi with with that you know with with that walk off. Um, you know, I remember at the time. Um, you know, the, I mean, of course, I'm I'm at home. You know, in in you know in the Charlotte area, uh, you guys are down there. The, the the range of emotions you have to be working through. But after it all settled down, I remember saying to Kevin, you know, it, your role had changed a little bit towards the end of the season, and maybe you lost a little bit of confidence. But you could speak on that. Uh, I'm I'm just reading into it. But after after that that walk off in Biloxi. I remember saying to Kevin, "Oh my gosh, is where do, where does where does Josh go Josh from? You know how how does he bounce back in eighteen? How do you how do you come off of that and and how do you respond to it? Now here's where the here's where it turns around. How did you respond to it? You responded to all that by coming back and being one of the dominant pitchers in college baseball <laughs> next year. So I mean that's that's a real credit to you that you took that adversity." Uh, at the end of 17 and turned it into something remarkable in, in 2018. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It was uh, a lot harder than it looked. That's for sure. Um, I was just, I wasn't even disappointed. I was more disappointed in myself. I felt so bad for all the seniors that were on that team. Cause I mean, in my mind, I knew we could have easily won a regional that year. I mean, we were that good. I mean, everybody on our team just had that chip on their shoulder. Like, it didn't matter where we were going to play. Like, we were going to come out swinging and just coming right at you. So, so I mean, to kind of blow that chance in a sense, to, for those guys to get the opportunity, I just felt terrible in that sense that I kind of ruined it for them. And it kind of drove me – mentally to be like, listen, like, you need to start taking this seriously. I mean, if you really want to do it, which I've always wanted to be a professional baseball player. So I think that offseason I just kind of was like, I'm not dealing with anything outside my bubble. I'm just going to – like, what happened, happened. I, uh, <laughs> it definitely uh, – my dad could be the one to vouch for me on that one in between game. I mean, imagine giving up a or a home run to lose the game. And when we get, when I get that home run, we didn't have any pitching left for the next game. So in my mind, I, I mean, you don't know that it's over, but I knew we were, I mean, Southern Miss was a top 25 team and then and they were playing a home game with 7,000 fans in front of them, all their fans. So I knew in that moment that we were, I mean, the season was kind of over. I knew it. Not that it was, all my fault but that I kind of blew it in the situation that had occurred and I so in between games I we had like an hour in between where we could just go back to the hotel and hang out so I was just my dad I mean it was uh it was definitely pretty emotional and I just felt like the weight of the whole team on my shoulders that I just let them down so it was more next year coming out and proving to those guys like 
I could do it and just kind of making up for what I have. Yeah. That's how I think. I think for Josh, I mean, I I think that moment, and there's always times in your life or times in your career where if something negative happens, that you got two decisions, one of two decisions to make. You can you can bury your head and sulk about it or whatever it may be, or you could or you could bounce back. And and to his credit, he used that. It's almost like it fueled him. I mean, for the for the following year. I mean, I obviously, not, not one game's ever going to come down to one person or anything like that. I mean, it was uh, one of those games where I mean, it, it was everybody was going back and forth, and they had one good swing of the bat off a really good pitch by Josh. And I know as a as a competitor, you're let down. I mean, you feel like you're letting the team down. But I know for a fact, the way that this kid came back the following year. With a, I mean, he was a man on a mission. I mean, he came in. He's like, I'm going to be the Friday guy and get out of my way and pretty much took the bull by the horns and grabbed the ball and went out and dominated the next year. And that's and, – and everybody has those aha moments. And I think for him, Josh took that as fuel on the fire to make him into the player that has made him into now. And and and, and, I, and it's to his credit. I mean, it's it's to his credit because that next year he, he carried us a lot on the mound. Um and that that pitching staff all looked up to him when he was a senior, and uh, but I mean not, not everybody. It's not going to be warm and fuzzy all the time. I mean, it, baseball is a game of failure, whether it's offensively, defensively, or on the mound. It's how you respond to that failure. And uh, he is one of those guys that really grew up and matured, and he used that to help him make himself into a better player. Not only mentally. I mean, a mentally is mental mental part of the game is a huge part of the game. And I think some people undervalue sometimes. And I think it's a huge part of the game. But, but if you got his tools together with his his new mentality and his new drive that that was never going to happen again, he ends up obviously going off and getting drafted by the Yankees in into what the tenth, eleventh, or twelfth round, um, and that's a credit to him and and, I, and using that negative and turn it into a positive. And I think I think I kind of got that mindset. I mean, the blueprint was pretty much laid out for me from Laws the year before. I mean, <clears throat> his soft his. Uh, did you get drafted your red shirt sophomore? Soft point. Yeah. Okay, okay. So his yeah, so his red shirt freshman year, I mean, he kind of had the same thing. I mean, he had he dealt with a lot of failure, a lot of um disappointment and what he thought he was capable of. And he came back the next year but I mean he he knows it too. He was two different people from the year from that year to the next year. And I kind of, I mean, when you, you see somebody do that and lay out that blueprint, you know, you can do it too. So, I mean, just seeing that and seeing that success kind of gave me confidence to know if I just take care of my business, that, I mean, the results will speak for themselves. Oh yeah. It, it's awesome to watch that process. That's one of the things I, you know, I get so much out of watching all of these guys do is, you know, you watch somebody come in as a freshman and then they grow. And, you know, I mean, you just said it, Josh. I mean, Colton, going into that 2017 season, it's like, oh, okay, we got Colton Laws coming back. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But then, <laughs> you know, what you do <laughs> is just – you just dominate and out of nowhere, you know, not out of no from, from, from the, the stands, it's out of nowhere. It's not out of nowhere in your perspective because you were working, you guys put the work in, but on our side of the equation, it's like, 
oh my gosh, where, where did, you know, this, this dude just came out of nowhere and is just dominant now. But, but what we're seeing is all that work you put in. You put in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's, that's another reason baseball is such a good game because like you said to the fans and stuff, they don't see the work that the guys do put in. So as Bo Rob touched on earlier, you got a six foot eight guy who's only throwing the ball 84 to 86. Well, yeah, it's exciting to have a six foot eight guy come in there, but if he's, if he's not putting in that work, you know, to, to throw the ball harder and to, to get stronger and stuff, it's, it's, you know, it might not pan out the way it did. So that's one reason, one thing that baseball is such a, such a good sport because the fans and never, all, all they see is the stuff on TV, you know, they don't see the behind the scenes stuff. And Josh can speak to that too. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, you started that 2017 season with a bang too. I think it said uh, a month without allowing a run, 29.2 innings without, without allowing a run to start the season. And uh, I think West Virginia was in the mix on that one. And uh, we weren't playing, I mean, cupcakes. There were, there were some tough competition. 29 straight innings without a run is, is remarkable to start a season. Oh, yeah. It's like I told Blue Robert. It was the stirrups, man. The stirrups helped me out a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, he was, he was doing what I wanted to be doing. <laughs> it, took, it took me 365 more days. Uh. <laughs> yeah, like you said, blueprint, man. We, we, we took it for granted. You guys, I mean, for two years in a row, every Friday night was was lights out. And uh, it was definitely fun to watch, like Nick said. Um, and you guys went on to be great pros. Um, you were Let's, uh, you both, another interesting fact about both of you guys, you both of you guys play basketball in high school for your high school team. Um, did you guys ever play ball outside of season against each other? Or uh, I, we probably could have used – Mark Price could have used you guys probably <laughs> during those seasons during the basketball. But, uh, while you were at Charlotte? Well, I'm going to answer this one. Um, I, it's okay I hope now. I don't get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this. But me and former teammate Zach Jarrett were playing uh, intramural basketball, sixteen and seventeen. Years I did too, bro. UNC I played intramural basketball too. <laughs> Look at both. <laughs> okay, yeah, Josh too. But yeah, I, I, like I said, I was a little hesitant to answer that question, but <clears throat> yeah, we, we we shoot some hoops a little bit. No, so we uh, my freshman year. I was playing basketball with uh, a bunch of the sophomores, like uh, TJ, Zach Jarrett, Logan Shearer, and all them. And I was like 180 pounds at this point. And Logan Shearer is like obviously a strong, big dude. And I went up for – we both jumped up for a rebound or something, like very hard, and like I nailed him. He didn't move an inch. I fell right on my back and on my wrist and like sprained my wrist really badly. And I had to go up to Coach Jens and be like, hey, man, I was playing basketball and I sprained my wrist. And he was like, you play basketball again, you're done. <laughs> and that, that goes uh, definitely without saying. If, if any current UNC Charlotte players are listening or uh, going to be there in the next couple of years, do not play real basketball because that right there is a fine example of what could happen and it could yeah, all be right. taken away from you. Yeah. <laughs> No, nah, I mean basketball is awesome. We all we had we all played. Our team loved playing basketball. We had a great time. We I had think a bunch it was of, more trash talking than anything. Yeah, yeah. We had a bunch of good players too. Also, 
another thing Brett Netzer is not good, better than me at is basketball. <laughs> he says he's a soccer guy. <laughs> he would be a soccer guy. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a soccer guy. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> oh. I, Bo mentioned Bo mentioned Josh your, your season last year. Um play every Yankees affiliated team, I think, except for the double A team, Trenton. Um how many how many hats did you collect last year going to the, the Yankees organization? <laughs> uh probably about definitely twenty, at least twenty. <laughs> Maybe a few more. Somebody needs car keys. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was trying to mute that before you guys heard it. Sorry, I'm having some technical <laughs> difficulties on my end. No, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Josh, <laughs> um, uh, can you go through the, the, the season for us last year? It's, it's very complicated. A lot of traveling. Uh, yeah. I think we played four different teams. It started in extended spring training, right? Yeah, so – um, as everyone knows, the Yankees are pretty, uh, a pretty good organization and they have a whole lot of really good players. So, uh, so yeah, start off the season. I mean, senior sign, they put me in Staten Island, um, start off in Staten Island. I think just like the maturity level I had at that point and the stuff I had kind of was just at another level compared to, I mean, that's like a very young league with a little less, uh, experienced players. So it was kind of we breezed through that pretty good and then I went up to Charleston pitched twice um did really well there um well in spring training I actually had a spot start with the tar- the Tarpons the high attempt um I threw like five innings gave up like one earned run and um yeah I had a good start there so then they sent me to Staten Island did well, moved up uh, Charleston through two starts, and then they called me in the office before one of my night before one of my starts and said, "Hey, uh, you're going to pitch in Scranton tomorrow, which is the Triple A team." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I mean, the Triple A team for the Yankees is pretty much a big league team. I, I mean, they pretty much just filter in, like they're pretty much just rotating into the big leagues, and. All of them. I mean, if they get traded, they're in the big leagues with another team within a day of the trade being gone down. So going up there, I had no clue what to expect. We were uh, playing the Braves, who at that point were the number one team in the league with, like, all their top prospects that they have right now on the team. So I was just hearing about how good they were before I went up against them. And Colton probably, Colton knows this. They give you uh, an iPad where you can like pretty much look up anything about any of the hitters, any stat you want, like their weaknesses, their hot zones. I kind of just said I didn't, I scratched that. I didn't even want to look at it because I didn't know anything about them. I didn't want to overthink the moment because I knew I was going to be facing some good guys. Um, got in that game. Third guy at the bat was Lucas Duda. Um, yeah, he's got – over 200 home runs in the bigs. So that was pretty uh, cool to pitch against. Um, pitched another time in a relief there. And then went back down to Charleston, threw once, threw, uh, I think it was a complete game shutout. And then the season ended. Oh, I got called back up to Tampa. 
um, was in Tampa, threw once there, and then the season ended because of the hurricane. Um, the hurricane cut the Florida season, Florida State League season early, and then went back up to AAA for the playoffs. Yeah, so let's just say I had a lot of flight miles that I got uh, last season. And you got to you got to pitch at BBNT Ballpark against the Knights. Um, how, uh, yeah, that, how special was that? That was pretty cool. I knew everybody was coming, but uh, Netzer's texting me right now, telling me this is the most cringe story he's ever heard. <laughs> but hey, he's chirp, he's chirping while we're alive. <laughs> That's all I expect from. Him. Uh, yeah, so people people don't understand how hard it is to pitch. Uh, every week when you're in a different state flying every other week it's kind of hard to get in a routine and like kind of get that down luckily i was able to keep a decent routine going but no the charlotte that was like the in the middle of the stretch where i had traveled like seven days in a row and i was so tired i was, so tired. I was pitching off straight at drone with all my uh, family and friends in a tent, so it was pretty cool i didn't do very well but it was a good experience because I never got to throw at that stadium in college because it was always during the midweek. Josh, so how does worried. that even work logistically? I mean, do you even – at some point, do you even know where your luggage is? Uh, no, yeah. One time my luggage was just like floating around in the in the mail for about a week and I had no clue where half my clothes were. I'm sure Bo, I'm sure Bo Rob knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean that's one thing about about uh, the minor leagues. I mean they they do they 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 will they will take older guys, especially older college guys, or somebody that like a, a left-handed guy like Josh, and they they will. It's almost like they got one on every team that they kind of use as the guy that kind of roams around in the minor leagues, whether it's low A, whether it's high A, whether it's double A. A guy went down for a couple of days, so they need to pick up a quick arm. They'll send you to triple A for one one outing and they'll send you back down the high. I mean, it, it kind of happens quite a bit, but it, a lot of times they use uh, maybe one or two guys that kind of do that. And, and that's, that's a pretty good thing for Josh to get all that experience to get a chance to meet a lot of the managers that are in the Yankees organization, but also get in, in front of several pitching coaches. I mean, that goes to show that they, they have uh, a lot of high interest in him uh, for sure to keep moving up the ladder. So uh, I know it, it was crazy for him, but welcome to the minor league boys. That's what everybody signed up for. <laughs> you guys uh you guys may not know this about Bo, but um he has a minor league ERA of zero point zero zero with uh two <laughs> six back base, six outs. So he knows a little bit about pitching in minor leagues. Yeah, I told you guys it's hey. not it's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, 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 I threw my – I came I came in two games, and this is when you know you're getting on the back end of your career. Um, I came in two games, and you guys ever watch Bull Durham, the guy the guy named Crash Davis? Yeah. <laughs> it was the base year around, so all the, uh, the high draft picks, the ones that got all the money in them and this, that, and another. Well, they don't want to hurt those guys' arms, so what they do is they throw in a guy like Bo Rob. And just let him just throw the ball over the plate. Well, you, you guys know me that if I'm going to get on the mound, and I'm going to dag him to beat. So I went in there and threw my 82 to 84 flat four seam fastballs, and I think everybody was so far out in front of me that uh, I kept getting them to hit it off the end of the bat. So I had uh, 
two innings in the in, in professional baseball, which I'll never forget that because it's one of those things that you almost feel like a kid in a candy store. And I think the scores of those games, I think one of them was like 17 to two, and the other one was like 15 to one, and the manager did not want to burn his bullpen for the next night. So they looked down the bench and, and saw Bo Robin and, and uh, <laughs> threw me in there, and they knew I'd throw the ball over the plate, but. I think I tried to mix in a couple breaking balls and they kind of backed up on me. So I went back with a heater at 83 miles an hour. <laughs> a lot of fun. Works. It works. <laughs> can't, get, can't get much better than 0.00 ERA, Bo. So. Don't, don't apologize for doing no, something right. that works. It's not that hard. Bo Rob, Bo Rob. I, got, I had one AB in summer baseball league. I had one at bat in the summer baseball league, Coastal Plains League. It was pouring down rain in the last inning. Pouring. It was 0-2 count. The guy was down like 85. It felt like 100 because I've seen a, a pitch in three years. He throws on right down the middle, 85. I swing as hard as I can. The bat flies out of my hands into the stands, TJ Nickman style. <laughs> well, that's, 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 that, well, no offense, but you guys are pitchers. Y'all, y'all aren't the athletes. Oh, all in fun. You just call them the athletes all the time. That's what I call the pitchers. They're all the athletes. (laughs) Well, that's the reason I couldn't hit in practice because we wouldn't have no balls to pitch with. So (laughs) that's right. You got six foot seven. You got some leverage, probably in BP. (laughs) No, I'm totally joking. I call it. You'd probably be a good five o'clock hitter. You know what five o'clock hitters mean? Listen. No, let's see. You, 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 ta- you take good BP at five o'clock, but you're nowhere to be found at seven o'clock when the game's <laughs> That's probably pretty accurate. Yeah, six foot seven. You got some leverage. I bet you got some buggy whip in your bat and some bat speed. Ball probably jump <laughs> off your bat. I don't know. It, it hasn't translated into my golf game, so I don't know about that. <laughs> So is it, uh, Kevin? What do you think? Is it is it time to see if anybody's got any Bo Rob stories? I think so. Oh goodness! Uh-oh. Uh oh. This, this always ends up being good. I mean, it, it, it definitely does. I'm sure they all got them. You got you got to let me think about it. We'll uh, we'll come back at the end. Colton, you got anything? Gosh, man, I, I'm trying to think too. You got to think. You got to think. We we were with uh, the pitching coach. Yeah, I, I know. I get it. I get it. But yeah, I promise okay, you, you guys some good. I don't really have a funny hibs. story. I don't. I don't you have a funny good story. Hibs and Doty stories, I bet. I don't have a funny oh. story, but oh. he's just he's just always at the front of the dugout. Hey, you come. Hey, you just out the side. Borob's the first one to give you knuckles in the dugout and go, "Let's go, Borob." Hey, Borob will get more yeah, pumped up with you strike out the side than you will. He'll chest, he'll chest bump you on the way back in. <laughs> you got to be careful with that, Bo. You get hurt. No, it's in the heat of the moment. I get fired up a little bit sometimes. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are telling a good, uh, pretty good hip stories about uh, Colton's hunting uh, adventures. Yeah, let's hear that one. <laughs> oh, that, that's not really much of a story. It's pretty quick. Uh, we we were actually stretching. God, I don't remember if it was before a game or practice or what, but I remember being in the line. It was my, I think it was my first year there. And out of nowhere, Hibbs just says, 
Hey, Laws, how many animals do you think you've killed before? <laughs> and like Josh said, I, I, I just took a guess. I said I reckon about a thousand. <laughs> it, it, I mean, what, what was it, that? There was no context for that. He just comes out of nowhere. Hey, Laws. So yeah, hey, during, during stretch lines, we would always be stretching, and Hibbs would just walk through the middle of us very slowly and just look at us, and then out of nowhere, he would just say, like, the most random thing ever. And you can never guess what's coming. <laughs> we uh, Hibbs always told me to send him pictures of uh, stuff that you know we would uh, shoot while we would go hunting, and I always would. He, he was he actually act, actually acted pretty interested in my hunting story. So uh, we uh, we shared a couple hunting stories. I do have a funny uh, hunting story about Brandon Cassis, who we mentioned earlier. Uh, I told in the right. locker room. If we got time to hear it, let's hear it. All right. So, <laughs> all anybody's we're, got we're these days, Colton, is time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess you're right. Not many people working, but um, I took Brandon Cassis dove hunting one time, and uh, there were some. I worked for the farmer. There were some cows out in the field, and one of them uh, was sick, and so the the uh, the farmer came and got me, and told me that <clears throat> I need to shoot that cow. Hopefully, we don't have any young people listening. But uh, I, I, so I went over to the cow and it was sick. You could tell it was skinny and sick. And I, I had to put it down. I, I, I shot it. So I walked back over to Cassis and he's uh, <laughs> not very familiar with the hunting world. And he asked me why the heck I just shot that cow. And I told him, I was like, man, the freaking farmer told me that we weren't allowed to hunt here no more. I was like, so I, I shot one of his cows. And he looked at me and he looked back, he looked back at the cow, he looked back at me and said, Yeah, man, screw this farmer. He started shooting the cows. <laughs> so I was like, No, man, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> was Cass Cassis was gonna pick him one out too. <laughs> yeah, man, he wanted some beef or supper, evidently. Oh, no, good. that's that's uh that's a pretty good hunting story. <laughs> funniest guy I've ever met at UNC Charlotte is uh, Brandon Cassis for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll cast a trip. Well, I, well, one one thing about Law Dog, I, I don't know if many people know he is from Faith, North Carolina. I don't even know if people know where Faith, North Carolina, is on a map. Uh, but obviously, uh, if anybody is probably worried during this coronavirus, it is probably all the animals that are running around in Faith, North Carolina right now because uh, <laughs> old Colton Laws, he definitely likes to go hunting and fishing. He's kind of an outdoorsman. Uh, so he's got a lot of free time on his hands. So I'm really worried about all the animals that are running around in his area right now. <laughs> yeah, there, there ain't many of them left. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's what we see on Instagram, right, Colton? Is is you're if you're if you're 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 not you're not the biggest social media guy, but when you are when you're on social media, it's usually to show some some trophy, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm I'm not a a big social media guy. I don't I don't have the the Twitter and the Facebook, but I do have the Instagram to uh, show off some hunt stuff. And yeah, you know, a lot of people actually ask me why I don't post uh a lot of baseball stuff and i mean it's it really no no reason behind it i guess that i don't want to take it for granted and, and i'm not a big not a real big show guy either uh I, I'm, I'm very thankful to to be able to play baseball so i feel like sometimes posting 
all all that stuff is just rubbing into the ones who aren't as fortunate enough to be able to play. But that's just my personal opinion about it. But now, if I shoot me a nice deer or a turkey or something, I'm I'm gonna let the world know because it's it's uh you're gonna rub that in go for all it's worth. Yeah, hey, Colt, Colt, yeah. Colt, that's we're right. Not, we're not all Brett Netzers who have to post a picture of the back of their jersey like you did today. You know, letting everybody know he plays baseball. Exactly. Like we are, they already know we play baseball, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. Nah, like I said, I, I'm not hating on that. We're not, we're not either. Guys I'm, like, I'm Brett's, we're not the, guys like Brett. Yeah, Brett likes to show it a little bit. That's true. But I, yeah. I'm Brett's a good guy deep down for sure. But, but yeah, like I said, man. I and honestly, like you mentioned, Bo, not many people know where Faith is. That's because there's only 800 of us who live here. So we don't have <laughs> we don't have no nightlife or nothing to do, man. We got to get out and enjoy the wildlife. So, good old country boy. Good old country. They don't, big, uh, they don't, don't get any better than him. A big Fourth of July celebration right. in faith, right? That yeah, that that is true. And I don't know how many people uh, come. I know it's a whole lot. And my grandma uh, is actually the one who basically runs it, who sets everything up. But we do have a heck of a Fourth of July celebration. We have a big parade and the, the fairground here at the local elementary school. So. It's a it's a nice town, a nice community here in Faith for sure. Probably a few more than eight hundred in, in town that day. Yeah, a lot more, a whole lot more. It's probably eight hundred just at the Faith Soda Shop that day trying to get something to eat. <laughs> so a whole lot more then. I did. I read an article. Uh, I read an article, Colton, that um, you were the first uh, athlete from Carson High School to sign a professional contract. That's right. Yeah. Um, and that's that's something like you said that I'll uh, I'll cherish forever. Uh, Carson is a relatively new school, so you can take that into consideration. But uh, shortly after me, uh, let's see, Maquan Stout, I believe, signed a football contract with the Jets, and then uh, Owen White was drafted out of high school for baseball too to the Texas Rangers. So I'm glad I was just a little bit older than him. I was able to take it first, I guess. We get a first. <laughs> That's right. And Josh, I saw that uh, your high school uh, retired your number. Um, I this <laughs> off season. Yeah, I, uh, my high school is relatively new too. Uh, I think I'm always like the third person <clears throat> to go to sign a professional contract. Um, we had one guy play for the Bucks for a couple of years, um, another pro soccer guy, but. Yeah, it was cool to get my number retired. It was at a basketball game. Uh, my brother still goes there. He's boy, well, he doesn't go there anymore since you can't go to school. But yeah, he's, he's a senior in high school. So last year he got to see it. Um, feels kind of weird. I feel like I'm still kind of young. Um, but now I feel like I have to make it to the to the bigs, kind of legitimize that. So I have no other option now. Yeah, motivation, right? Yeah, it's 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 still weird driving up there and seeing. Uh, I mean, ask Bo Robbie; he does it every day for work. <laughs> he sees his number on the wall every day. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be a little weird. Yeah, well, something to be proud of for sure. Especially when he's coaching third over there, he's basically standing right in front of it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you know, he probably hears sometimes people on the road go, "Wait, is that third base coach the number retired on the wall?" And then he probably glances over there and, yeah, it is. <laughs> Do you know who I am? Glory days. You, you know who I am? 
<laughs> well, now that they got the new wall, uh, did it? Did the number of location change? Is it still in right field? No, they, they got they both. got they, they got it down to the third baseline now. But he's literally standing okay. like right in front of it while while he's coaching third. <laughs> glory, glory distraction days, for you, huh? glory days. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Um, well, we're pushing an hour and a half here. Um, we're going to go around and let you guys have a few final thoughts on what, whatever you want to talk about, whatever you want to say to Niner Nation. And um, Colton, we'll start with you, man. Oh, Lord, I'll just, uh, I'm very thankful for the, like, I know we talked a lot about how, uh, how, how good me and Josh, you know, have been in, at Charlotte and hopefully in Pro Bowl as well. But, the resources and stuff that, that Bo and all the coaches put out to us, I'm uh, very thankful for that, and especially you guys as well doing this podcast and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, uh, I guess I would say to anybody going to Charlotte playing baseball and anybody that's there to cherish it because especially right now is what we're witnessing. You don't know when that's going to be taken from you, uh, whether that's injury or whatever the case may be. So enjoy it, and the time's going to fly. It's probably going to be the funnest years of your life. So, uh, yeah, I'm very, very thankful to be a former Niner. And uh, hopefully still got a lot to work to do in pro ball. Uh, but, yeah, I, I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. And um, we, we can't wait for you to get back out on the mound and, and show what you got for, for the Blue Jays organization in, in the coming months. So uh, best of luck to you uh, as the season gets started, hopefully soon. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on with us. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. And, uh, Bo, best of luck to you guys. Hopefully we'll be able to kick things off soon. No doubt. No doubt. Josh, you got, uh, got anything you want to talk about? Last closing words? Yeah, thanks for having us on, guys. It was uh, fun getting to talk to you guys and getting to talk to Bo. And old Colton, getting to catch up with him. It's, uh, it's got me thinking about a bunch of memories now. I'll probably be up all night, but uh, – yeah, four years was brought best four years of my life. I uh, miss it for sure. Um, it's weird once you get like a year out of college. It's kind of like feels like it was forever ago, but it wasn't too long ago that uh, we were all still hanging out, having a good time. Um, definitely to anybody that's, uh, looking into Charlotte. I mean, it's a great place. It's only getting better. I mean, what facility does the baseball team not have right now that any other school in the nation has? I mean. They got everything you need. Anything you want to do to get better, they're going to work with you. I mean, they know what they're doing there. So, looks like the new head coach. I, never got, I haven't met him yet, but seems like a great guy. Seems like he knows what he's doing. I know Bo Rob likes him. Um, and, you know, Bo Rob's going to keep doing his thing. <laughs> so, awesome. thanks for having us on. Thanks for having us on, guys. I had a great time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Brett, and Brett Netzer is the softest um, – <laughs> Trump there you go. Yeah, that would give back to him. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I take that back. He's not, he's not the softest. I'm not gonna lie. He's definitely the most. He's definitely the most annoying. <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is Josh. Um, like we we hope you uh can get back to on the mound soon as well. And um, both of you guys, if you guys are pitching around here, we're gonna try to. Move Make it out and see you guys uh, wherever you uh, may be. Um, I know some of the Blue Jays affiliates 
kind of far away, but um, we can get there. We'll come see you, Colton. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Like like I said, uh, I hope we can get back out this there this year. If not, uh, it's gonna that'll be two years without pitching. So I'm I'm gonna have a lot to prove. So, but yeah, ho- hopefully one day, maybe maybe even at the Knights uh, Stadium, that'd be nice to get the former Niners back out there. Hey, if we uh, if um. If the season gets canceled for minor leagues, Colton, maybe we can go to Charlotte in uh, a month or two and maybe throw some live ABs to some of the guys. Yes. Yeah. Great. Sounds good. Well I, well, I appreciate – I mean, it's good. I'll, I'll kind of close it out a little bit. But it, it's good to have you guys on here as always. It's uh, it's, it's Charlotte 49er family. Uh, you all – you guys are a big part of, of the reason why we have a lot of things that we do have. I mean, a lot, a lot of a lot of – Former alumni have paved the way for what our kids have uh, now, and obviously they're they're getting even more stuff. And we're hoping to continue to keep uh, making this program the best that we can. And and just appreciate uh, you guys being on. Love you guys, man. You guys are always welcome uh, to come back anytime. You guys need to get some workouts in or whatever it may be. We're, this is home for you guys. So um, again, it's good to see you guys. Stay healthy, man. Y'all keep keep working your tails off. I want to see you guys get to the promised land and get to you guys' dreams and just just stay healthy. Uh, God willing, and keep keep working your working your tails off, and uh, and hope to see you on TV one day. But it's good seeing you guys again. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you guys a lot. Bro. Yeah, for sure. And and thank thank you guys just for being Niners, man. Thank you for the way you represent the program. It's awesome, no doubt. We appreciate that so much. All right, yeah, you folks. guys too. You guys too. Thanks for having us on. It was a good time. Keep doing what you're doing. It's, uh, Welcome anytime, man. This, this is fun. Well, what else? I could, like we keep saying, what else does anybody else have to do, right? This is, <laughs> is true. Yeah, I guess true. we got the NFL draft to watch tonight, but in the next couple of days. But other than yeah. that, who knows? Yeah. Now we have this set up. We, we probably can, can talk to you guys a little more often. So we'll, we'll hopefully we'll do this again. Um, hopefully after the season's over, we can talk to you guys and how, how, you, how well you did during the minor league season. So, um, yeah, we'd Fair love it. Boys. Last- Go get it up. Hey, I might see you on the field this year, Colin. You never know. Yeah, uh, another point. Hopefully, me and Josh will be uh, facing each other a little bit this year if we go back out there and play. So uh, that'll that be, be something to look forward to. That would be appointment viewing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, we'll have a little post game interview. I have one funny story uh, with Brett Netzer before we go. <laughs> both, but we've created a monster. Yeah, okay, so. I'm you telling, know what? Stop. Yeah, you know, here no, I'll say, I'll say, Josh, I'll say, Josh. You know, we, we talk about that. We talk about the maturity, right, Bo? And 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 here we are. I'm 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 going on I'm 42 years old, and and as it, I probably shouldn't allow this. Hey, every, everybody, but but, but I'm going to. But I'm absolutely going to. I, I just made up my mind. I'm absolutely going to do this. Everybody at Charlotte knows once you get me going, I can't stop. I just have to keep coming. You know what? Hey, the, the, the draft doesn't start for 22 minutes and 38 seconds. Let's hear a Netzer story. Do it. So, so I, was working out, I was working out with Brett in Maryland at this facility. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> we were working out. We had been. We had been staying together for like a week and a half, probably the longest we had been together ever. So like we were kind of getting irritated at each other, but like nothing had really popped off yet. Um, we were, I was like doing a lift or something. And he like took a jab at me or like was trying to like talk crap. And uh, 
he said something about like how he's I'm never gonna play against him because like I'll never get to that le- the level that he's at. Like he'll always be ahead of me in the system. Is what he was trying to say. Oh. Like, like he did he did that because he knew it was gonna get under my skin. So like I let it go for like thirty seconds, and I'm like, you know what? So I get up, I like go over there, I like nudge him, I'm like you got something to say, like messing with him, pushing him. He's like, bro, get off me! I'm trying to lift. I'm like. I'm like, you better watch your mouth, son. He's like, he just goes, he just loses it. He's like, you better get over there right now, or I'm gonna beat your. <laughs> so he just loses it. I'm like, I'm like, you're not doing anything, son. It's like we're just going at it back and forth. I get, I get done my workout. He's taking forever just to like annoy me, so I have to wait 20 minutes after. So I get him. I I drove to the complex today. I get in my car and I just leave. Like I pretend like I just left him. Didn't say a word to him. I left for like 15 minutes, went to the gas station up the street. So he thought I had literally left him. He thought he was got the Uber home 20 minutes. <laughs> I drive back in the parking lot. He's standing outside in like 30 degree weather with his jacket on like this. Like the most angry look I've ever seen on Brett Nesser's face. I, I, I let him in the car. He gets in. He gets in. He goes, you're lucky I don't destroy you right now. <laughs> and a little I can't say what he actually said uh, it, the words can't be said on the podcast but he was very upset and then it was dead silent for 30 minutes and then as soon as we got home we just burst out laughing in the car like oh. it was dead silent in the car for at least 20 minutes not one word spoken we're sitting right next to each other and then all of a sudden we just started dying laughing did you revisit that conversation with him when you got the, the AAA call up did I what? Did you revisit that conversation with Brett when you got the call up to AAA? Yeah, yeah. That's where I thought this was going. Yeah, he doesn't. No, he doesn't give me credit for being playing <laughs> a higher level than him yet because he says I haven't played enough games at that level. Um, but I mean, I can agree with it. But if we faced each other, he he knows what we have. It's like two oh brothers. Like two brothers. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, let me comment on the on the beginning of that story because I talked to Brett after this a little bit, and this isn't any shots fired at all. But Brett said that he was talking to Josh, showing him he had him a good place to train in the off season. He had a very oh, nice, I I very nice house for them to stay in. And Brett said that they pull up to the place that they're staying, and it is a ragged down camper and he says he looks over to josh in the passenger seat and josh just has eyes like a deer in a headlight he's just <laughs> wide open he told me we had a nice house uh beds to sleep in a room to ourselves he's like dude this is the perfect setup to work out in maryland and train in the off season he's like come up so it's nine o'clock at night pitch black we're in this back road in maryland this neighborhood he pulls down this dirt road i'm falling behind him i'm like where are we going, man? We drive down this like back road for about like 200 yards and pull up to this house. So I'm like, all right, this house looks nice. And he pulls to the right of the house. There's this like little mini camper. There's this little mini camper on the right side. He gets out and he goes, We're staying here, baby. I was like, what? <laughs> Minor league grinders, baby. He had right. me drive to get you for the minor leagues. He had me drive from North Carolina to Maryland thinking I'm staying in a house with him to stay in a camper, and he didn't even tell me until I arrived at 9.30 at night. <laughs> I get tough, man. <laughs> yeah, we had, a, we had a blast, though. We, it was a good time. I, I don't even know what to do with that. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll just stop. I'll stop now before I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kevin, you are so right, man. This is this is this is no longer a baseball show. It's a variety show. <laughs> we need to we need to really bring bread on here sometime and just let them go at it. That's yeah, we, 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 need bring, we need to bring all you guys on together and then and you guys can go back and forth and we'll just sit back and let you guys go back. Yeah, we may could get paid for this for a, re, a reality TV show. If we uh, <laughs> we stir the pot a little bit more. That's right. <laughs> the real baseball players of the show 49ers. Uh, it's it's about like this and about all the clubhouses. It's it's always nonstop ragging on each other because they're all they're all all close and they're all tight and it's a whole bunch of brothers in there just bickering and talking smack to each other. Yeah, Br- uh, Brandon Vogler. That's Brandon right. Vogler it's all fun and games. That's right. Brandon Vogler taught me the way of the the clubhouse. I got there my freshman year and Vogler was on me every single day talking crap. I was like, this dude won't get off my back. Like, <laughs> I just met this guy. But that's just how it is, man. Oh, my gosh. This has been – this is – the last three weeks, I mean, all these shows are fun. These last three weeks have been just phenomenal catching up with all you guys because oh, all of you have kept us in stitches uh, in one way or the other. I mean, it's just been – just been fantastic. <laughs> All right, guys, we're, we're really uh, for any of you for any of you that are still with us, actually still listening to us. We're really going to go now. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's really going to do it for us tonight, folks. Uh, we hope you've had as much fun listening to this as we've had doing it. Uh, again, thanks to Colton and Josh for joining us. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, etc. Make sure to click subscribe so that you'll be notified anytime we post new content like this fantastic stuff. Also, follow Diamond Niner fans on social media for all the latest on 49ers baseball. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and even Instagram where you'll find Colton Laws. This has been Diamond Niners Weekly. Until next time, good night, everybody. Good night.